seems like everybody's just going crazy. Yep. Welcome to the Church of Mavis Radio Show. It's Friday night, baby. We're going to get live on Roku. We got a full house. This is my favorite season, October. Love it. And uh, we got Jay McNicholas here with us tonight. We got hey, what's going, Jeff? Wham with us here tonight on Hollywood Squares. Yeah. <laughs> and then Fred Anderson. <laughs> Northern Lights, High Strangeness in Sweden. Hello, hello. Very awesome lineup. This is the way to kick off an October lineup. And just real quick, next Friday, uh, Mark Dizewak. I always uh, have trouble with that last name, but The Mysterious Death of Edgar Allan Poe and Life and Death of Edgar Allan Poe. Next Friday, that's going to be fun. Jay will be here for that. And then uh, Stephen Flowers. Uh Gothic Meditations at Midnight, the next show uh, before the week of Halloween, uh, Friday before. And that's just a breakdown of a lot of uh, occult stuff and old silent films like Nosferatu and Phantom of the Opera and all kinds of weirdness. So we're looking forward to that. And then my last show of the October season is Michael Aliosa from Dark Ink Publishing. And he wrote a biography about Kane Hodder, the dude that played Jason in Friday the 13th. And his company, the publisher, put out a book from Gunnar Hansen, the dude from Leatherface, the original Leatherface in the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So basically, we're going to talk to the, to him about these dudes' lives and, you know, these who play horror icons. That'll be the main Halloween liner. All the shows this month are. But that's the, the, the final final firecracker. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be good. But let me plug these books real fast and we'll get started. Uh, first off, check out Dead Sky Publishing. Uh, we just had an author on from them and uh, Chad Lutsky about his book. And they do splatter westerns, which is Weird West. And uh, if you check out Dead Sky Publishing, that's D E A D S K Y Publishing.com. <clears throat> They put out the greatest, I love Weird West, and, and it's having like a weird renaissance. They just put out an anthology called Hot Iron and Cold Blood that has Joe R. Lansdale in it. He's been on the show. Uh, Al Goingback, uh, native horror author, he's been on the show. But it's just a book from a bunch of horror authors of Weird West. So basically Westerns would throw in some vampires, some zombies, some whatever, all kinds of craziness. But another other titles for A Few Souls More by Wiley Young, uh, Splatter Western, and uh, check it out, Dead Sky Publishing. And then I got sent two other books I'm just going to mention quickly from Saga Press, Simon & Schuster. One's Don't Fear the Reaper by Stephen Graham Jones, and he's a native, another native uh, author that's really good, that's having some great success. And this is like part two to some of his books, but Don't Fear the Reaper by Stephen uh, Graham Jones. He also did a cool comic book re recently, Earth Divers. And it's basically about these natives that somehow go back in time to assassinate Columbus. And I wow. actually, I, wow. have a bunch of, I have a bunch of those issues, but I don't think I have them all, but I haven't read it yet. It looks awesome. One more book, The Handyman Method. Terminator. It sounds good. <laughs> One more book, yeah. the, Handy, the Handyman Method by Nick Cutter and Andrew F. Sullivan. I know this guy did a book called The Troop, which is about like a Boy Scout troop was supposed to be really good, but The Handyman Method, 
and Don't Fear the Reaper, and uh, Handyman Methods by Nick Cutter. Uh, check those out, and uh, we appreciate it. And let's get to Fred Anderson. Step right up to Hollywood Squares. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I got hyper for some. It's that second BC powder. Be <laughs> 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 careful with those things. But uh, first off, it's great to have everybody here. And happy Halloween. And I guess, uh, Fred, what was the catalyst for you becoming a, a weird UFO nut? Oh, what happened? We all are here, pretty much. Jay saw Bigfoot. Me and Wham seen alien stuff out the wazoo. So you're in good company. Oh yes. Well, I've seen UFOs too, so I'm not alone. You know, I'm I'm always jealous of people who have seen Bigfoot and and UFOs. I haven't seen any UFOs actually, to be honest. I've seen a couple of ghosts though, and and uh, got my bag ripped apart by some unknown entity once while walking over a bridge, which was quite traumatic, actually. Uh, I actually quit that job and started to work as a freelancer for television and ended up on a paranormal show where I interviewed hundreds of people whose homes had been haunted. So you can say that that's when I realized that there, this is a really, really interesting subject. I mean, I've been interested in it since I was a kid, you know, with UFO books and, you know, documentaries and everything like that. But after working with that TV show years ago, I, I just realized, realized that there's so many stories out there, so many people who, real, who experience weird stuff. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'd say that that was the... That's how I really, really got into it, you know. Uh, what yeah. was the ghost situation like? I mean, you saw one physically with your with your physical eyes. I've seen them too. It's something when you see something like that. Yeah. But what was that like? What kind of ghost? Well, what kind? Of, what kind? Of, it was a, a friendly ghost, I guess. But uh, no, really, I, it didn't. <laughs> no, they, I'm always curious what they're wearing. I want to know about. I hear when you die, you you have to wear what you were wearing when you die forever. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> what was it wearing? Do you remember anything like that? Yeah, it, it was wearing I think it's hat. whatever you want to wear. Want to want to wear, but you know that would be a good start. People, that's the last thing people saw you in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, so I I don't want to die in my underwear. You know, some early morning I would look horrible walking around. No, seriously, that ghost was. Uh, well, you know, know, in the Bible, when Jesus comes back, he goes up to Mary Magdalene. She doesn't recognize him. He's wearing different clothes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. clothes make the man. Had a, a hat, a hat. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you about my ghost now? It's, yes, uh, yes. Please, please do. Just you know, just oh, keep sorry, talking. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're like this. Just keep talking. You know. Oh, you know, I'm. I'm Swedish wham, you know, so I'm a bit shy. Uh, no, 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 yeah. no. It, yeah. <laughs> we're we're obnoxious, so we yeah. just, just keep right on going. No, I, I I was doing an an episode uh, about a haunted little cabin out in the forest, and the family were mentioning that there was they had ghosts in the garden, you know. Uh, so I was standing outside. It was like four in the afternoon. As the sun was still up. This was during the summer. And I was standing talking with the mother and her daughter. And 
I could see from like three meters away how a black solid figure were peeking out at me from a very thin tree. You know, it's no way you could fit a human behind it. And it was solid black. You could see a head and hat and shoulders and torso. And it kind of just, huh? And then it <laughs> went back behind the tree again. But it, it was extremely, extremely uh, clear for me. It wasn't, uh, I, you know, I mean, I'm aware how the brain can create things and when you talk about it, but this was too real, actually. Uh, I wasn't scared or anything. It was just uh, fascinating to, to see it. Uh, so that's my, my one and only true ghost story. It's, not hard, it's hardly a story, actually, but it's a ghost sighting or shadow people sighting or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so to be to go back to your first question there, Jeffrey, I think that might have been the the thing that made me dive deeper into the subject. You know, when you finally see something and you understand what other people see, that's powerful. Yeah. I wish I had told this in a way scarier, moody way, but I it's 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 not it was just that you know, it was just a very, you know, casual situation, you know, standing talking in the garden with you know in the middle of the day and it happened. You know, I kinda wish it was down in a basement or an attic or something like that, but no, I'm sorry. Oh well the <laughs> well in some ways the 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 realist the realist experiences are kind of like that. They're sort they're sort of banal in a weird kind of way. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's what lends them to me, that's what lends a, a much more creepy quality. I mean, I, I think one of the best Bigfoot sightings that I've ever heard of, the one of the best accounts I've ever heard of, was from a woman who uh, she had been, I mean, she's an older woman now who lives down in Kentucky and takes care of her family. She's had sort of a hard life as an adult, but as a young person, she was an athlete. She lived in Colorado and she was used to spending a lot of time outside. She, she would regularly run and hike and she was, uh, she was on a run through Estes Park, which is in Colorado. It's one of the main large kind of parks in Colorado. It's got a number of tr big trails that go through it. And some of those trails are, are more public and some of them are less public. So, but she was familiar with this area because she'd been in it before and she was on a six mile run. And um, she had run part of it and then had decided to walk a little bit and then was going to take a little bit of a break because it was a really nice day. And so she parked herself um, on the side of a stream. It was in a more isolated part of the park in a, in, in, on, the side of, on the side of the stream. And uh, she had like a, a snack or something with her. And she was just sitting on the rock and she was just looking down the stream. You know, She's, she'd done this a million times, right? And she saw this, what she thought was a bear um, down the way. It, it didn't scare her because it was far away and, and it was down, it, she was downwind of it. So she knew that it wouldn't smell her. 
And so she, and it looked like it, it, it appeared to her that it was, its back was to her, you know, so she, she just thought it was a bear. So she just, you know, that was what her assumption was. She didn't think anything of it, but she, you know, she was going to watch it to make sure it stayed down there. You know what I mean? So she's eating her snack and she's just sitting there. And all of a sudden this bear stands up and it's much taller than even a grizzly bear would have been which they're very tall when they stand up. It stood up, it sort of turned the three quarter way so that she could see that it did not have a muzzle. Its face was flat and she could see that it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't built on top like a bear. And she saw that in one hand, it had what looked like a wriggling fish. And then it's as it stood up, it just started to walk across the across the creek or the river, the creek. Yeah. And bears don't walk like that. I mean, I've seen bears upright. They can walk a little distance, but just walking upright like that, and they can't hold something like this. You know what I mean? And it was walking like this. You know, swinging its arms like a bipedal hmm. thing. What would be? And it just walked off into the woods. And she said, you know, since she had expected it to be a bear, what she saw, she had no frame of reference for. She hadn't heard about Bigfoot. And it completely freaked her out. I mean, it was like, she said, I can't even describe to you the feeling that I had, you know, the feeling of, of suddenly having everything you thought you knew just ripped away. And, and she said she sat there for a long time, probably longer than she probably should have, because she didn't know what to do. She was so afraid. And so she ended up, um, instead of going forward, which she normally would have done because she didn't want to go in the direction that it, that it had gone off in, she backtracked and, and ran back the other way, you know, back to her car the other way on the loop because it just freaked her out so much. And now she can tell the story better than me because she remembers all the details, but it's like, those are the kinds of things that make you go, Oh, <laughs> it, you I know, think. because, because those, because she was not out looking for Bigfoot. She was not out looking. She didn't even know that Bigfoot existed. You know, she wasn't out looking for anything like that. And then when something like that happens, what do you do with that? You just yeah. have to admit that that's what you saw. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it feels like a, a lot of, of, of people have the same experience, like me or, or, or you telling me here about this woman. It's, it's very hard to, to or difficult to comprehend when you experience something out of the ordinary because it's so surprising. This, I, I mentioned it before somewhere, but a couple of years ago, we were out barbecuing here in the outskirts of the town I'm living in by the edge of a field. And, you know, we, we had some Polish sausages and probably some beers, you know, very, very, very nice. And I never expect to see anything. I've, it's, you know, it's, it's, I'm fine with right. it. And suddenly we all, we're like four or five people see this bright uh, circle of light out in the field. It's just uh, like someone is having a giant, you know, uh, the flashlight uh but you don't see the beam it just lifts up a circle out in the field mm -hmm. 
and we see it and we stand and look at it because it's very weird you know there's no lamps or anything around it or no airplanes or helicopters or whatever and we look at it and everyone has cameras no one takes one single photo yeah right because yeah, no one yeah. thinks no one thinks of it yeah. <laughs> no one thinks of it and then we go back to barbecuing you know and it's today i mean i i have photos from the same evening every you know and on all photos it's it's cropped so you don't see this area it's just us you know fooling around out there in the in, in the dark by the fire but the circle of light it's just outside the frame but it's so weird it's so strange you know today i i would imagine that i would take a photo with it, you know something at least but no 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 i it's one way one one would think yeah i i know yeah i know and especially if you're you know like me or you you're interested in this why 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 don't you react on it i mean you're we reacted like we were studying it but that's it and then we forgot about it and then we drank a few more beers and then we went home so it's uh oh, it's frustrating to be honest right yeah i mean I, I i've talked about this several times on on the show um but i go to a gym that is haunted and that's where I, I and and i have i've only had a few kind of odd little little experiences there but like the the guy who is the owner of the gym not of the building but because it's the building that's haunted um he has had a number of experiences so much so that he has finally put up all of these cameras in these various places around and he has gotten stuff he's gotten some very weird stuff but not only um, visual stuff but audio stuff and um and in fact you know he has the cameras hooked up to a, he has a separate phone that's just for this and he has them the these cameras hooked up to his phone so his phone goes off whenever something you know whenever something triggers one of the one of the the, the uh um and he can actually like look in real time if he wants to and 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 it comes in clusters so there'll be some it'll go for a while and there won't be anything and then, you know, three nights running every two hours, his phone buzzes like all night, you know, and, and various weird things are being picked up. But there was one time that and, and oddly enough, it was the it was the day that they closed everything down here for COVID. So he so he was cleaning. He knew that they were he had gotten a notice from the, from the city or from the, the village that he lives in, that they were going to be closing. So he knew that in advance. And so he uh, was cleaning up the gym before he had to leave. And this was in broad daylight. This was like at one in the afternoon. And so he had just cleaned the upstairs, the, the, the what's called the yoga room. And the yoga room is like the last room on the right before you come downstairs and and you're at the lower level and so he was right at the bottom of the stairs so if you're at the bottom of the stairs the doorway to the yoga room is just out of sight you know it's just down the way it's up and just to your right but it's just out of sight the doorway and so he had just gotten done cleaning that room he was downstairs um doing some cleaning right at the bottom of the stairs sweeping and stuff and his he got a notice on his phone this is in broad daylight he got a notice on his phone from the yoga room that he had just been in. So he looks at his phone and in, 
and in broad daylight, you can see it. I mean, I've seen the footage. You can see this dark figure look in. I mean, it's just like a shadow yeah. figure. Look, it's like it's leaning in and it looks in the yoga room and the curtain of the yoga room sort of, which is already open, but it's still hanging there. It sort of flaps around and this figure sort of looks in and leans in and then stands up and disappears. Really? And while, and while he's looking at this, it's right up here. He just can't see right where that is. Right. Mm -hmm. It's happening. Like, right as he's standing at the bottom of the stairs and what was his reaction did he run up the stairs no he ran out the front door <laughs> that was his reaction away. he was like yeah he was just like so seized I. with fright and ran it was out. kind of like fred's it sounded like fred when yeah, you told your story it was eerie i felt the eeriness of it i yeah, know what just... it's like when you see those beans it's like everything goes quiet and you just like get in a trance with it even after it's gone you stare yeah. at the same place for a million years and yeah and, and this is in broad daylight and he could not bring himself to come back for two hours yeah yeah, yeah. you know and and because it scared him so much because you know, all he could think of is it's right up there and i'm looking at it right here you know and it recorded it so we have a recording of really it. Oh. Yeah, we have a recording of it. And so I've seen it. It's it is it's yeah. very creepy. It's like you're just looking at the it you know, it, the camera is kind of angled down and you can see the doorway and you can just see this like dark. It's like a little kind of a it looks filmy kind of like a, you know, like it's made of smoke kind of mm -hmm. like not quite materialized. No features, but you can see a head and shoulders and it's just like wow. you can see this thing lean in and look like this. Oh, 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 really? It, it's bizarre. Oh. Is, it, <laughs> I mean, is, is it online anywhere? Has uh, we haven't. We haven't. We haven't put it online yet. Uh -huh. I'm in the process of trying to get him to collect everything because yeah. probably in the next couple months, me and a couple of other people are going to go and sort of shack up there overnight. <laughs> and see if we can get anything you know I'm, I'm trying to put together all of his accounts and and put you know oh. and, and and write like a little month because i'm gonna eventually in the next year i hope do sort of an update on my book and so i'm gonna include this as like its own standalone chunk of the book mm -hmm. because i i talk about it in the first book but a lot of it has happened since that time oh. um, but but the point is is that He's had all these experiences there, audio experiences, physical experiences. He's had, he's experienced poltergeist stuff there. He's filmed poltergeist things there. He has seen orbs. He's all this stuff has happened. And you'd think that he would run up the stairs, but no, he just runs out the front door. <laughs> because it scared the crap out of him. Yeah. Oh, it sounds you know, I, I also love the idea of, uh, about the haunted gym. <laughs> you know and and yoga room you know it's 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 you know i have been working with a paranormal tv show for so many years and this main star which is a quite nice guy he only wants the most horrifying places out there you know visually horrifying yeah places. and i understand that it's i mean it's television of course but uh, <coughs> but i mean i could easily have found something more mundane something more but that could have been more, you know, at least as scary, you know, uh, but the, the, the idea of a gym uh, sounds very interesting to me, uh, right. especially since the, 
so many people mo moving around there. There's so many. I mean, is it an old house? I guess. Well, so, it's or? it's it's the the building itself. The building itself is an old building, and mm. it was built by um, a guy who whose family is one of the was one of the movers and shakers of that community early in the 20th century so it was a so it's that building has always had it's it's gone through several iterations the building itself but um the bottom part of the building has always been businesses and the top part has always been um, apartments and what we've been able to figure out um and we just got some of this information like literally a few months ago, what we've been able to figure out is that some of the hauntings are apparently connected with the son of the guy who built the building because, of course, he inherited the building. But he was obsessed with all of his buildings and he would and he would go and, and hang out in them. And he actually lived in this building for an extended period of time. So some of the hauntings some of the occurrences actually occur in the apartment that he lived in, in the building. So that's what part of the stuff seems to be. The other part stuff seems to be that's more particular just to the gym. Um, it turns out that um, in late 2019, we didn't literally know this until seriously, like two or three months ago, there was the, there was a guy who lived in in the apartment that is just that is right up next to the that shares a wall with the gym on the north side, and he died in that apartment and was found dead. Um, and he was like nobody liked him. He was like one of these awful people that was a drunk and a drug addict, and nobody liked anyway. And and he and he his his girlfriend found him dead in that apartment, and then and then after that. Uh, got together with his brother and they lived in that apartment until she moved out. <laughs> so, so we figure oh. there's some pissed off guy, <laughs> you know, in there because a lot of, a lot of the more negative energy or more intense energy appears to be connected with that side of the gym. So there's, there's obviously more than one thing going on there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, interested you should see if he wants to come on sometime for sure if he can if he wants to well the, the, the part of the problem is is that he he owns a public business and oh, he does yeah. and he and he doesn't really he not only does he not want to give any negative publicity to the business but he also doesn't want you know um paranormal tourists to to bother to, to bother his his business and and so you know i understand all that and in fact when i write about him i use a pseudonym uh, you know he, he's he you know i he's it's okay for me to mention the 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 village he's in but we don't talk about what building it is uh, okay so definitely fascinating for sure i know well, uh fred one thing that wham brought to my attention when she uh recommended you was the, the boxes section and uh i wanted to get into that a little bit obviously we don't want you to tell every story from your book but we've not had many it's a good that, book it's a happy oh, it's book. great it's great it's a happy There's book. so many unique has so much unique subject matter that's unique a lot of stuff's just cut and dry there's weird weird stuff great stuff i like it but the box situation it's not something i've really been able to get in depth oh, yes. with, with someone to talk about a little bit actually michelle des roachers on the on the network 
knew some former military guy, and she asked him recently about the box situation, and he said it was in Black Ops a lot. Uh, not to say every box situation is Black Ops, but my situation, and I've told it a million times, but I'll just summarize, and I told it to you even in email, is with a friend at one point in my earlier early 20s, we saw three small beings with hoods, kind of like skinny Jawas, you couldn't see their face or anything, but it was like they were small and s slender, three of them, and right at their feet, in, in, the, in front of the middle one, was a black box. And me and the friend were like, do you see that? Do you see that? And we had been partying, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, that may have been that summer of uh, that Marilyn Manson Antichrist Superstar Tour, 96. That's a, that was a crazy year. There's no bump going through there, too, I think. <laughs> but it was a crazy year. But anyway, we both saw it. And the weird thing about it was a cat named Manson, which I'm not as much into Manson as I was back then because of like all the weird pervert stuff. But anyway, the cat jumped towards them, and they vanished into just nothing. Hmm. And I've always wondered about that black box from phantasm the little dwarfs you know the horror movie to uh the cenobites with the box like i even saw some weird stuff online i almost said weird crap i don't know if it's crap but some conspiracy stuff about the black cube of saturn cult like i didn't watch it all i didn't know if i needed to do that to my brain but apparently artists have been putting a black cube in cities like in just like a weird art thing like, there's weirdness with that cube thing. But from your experiences gathering stories, what have you accumulated your personal beliefs about the boxes? And what could you share, maybe, a story? Well, I, I, I feel that the, the box symbol itself is some kind of MacGuffin. I, I don't know. Do you know what a MacGuffin is? I may have uh, heard of it, but not offhand. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it was Alfred Hitchcock who... who who said that uh, the MacGuffin is like the central point in a movie, but it's not important really. It could be anything. It's just a MacGuffin. It's just something that's there. Then you can create the whole drama around it. And somehow I feel that uh, the box is a MacGuffin. It's, it's there for some purpose, which is not really important. It's everything else around it, the experience itself. Uh, I mean, I... In, in the book I've written, I first of all, I, I, I didn't mention it, I think, but yeah, I did. First of all, we had, uh, I don't know how to translate it, you know, a little man that was roaming around in the north of Sweden at the beginning of, of the 70s. And he was carrying a small box in front of him. And this box would, you know, kind of send out a, a bright flash of light almost hypnotizing people uh, uh, and that's something you can find in a lot of you know experiences when you uh, when people encounter humanoids or, or UFOs uh, uh, the, the the box symbol the box itself uh, we have an earlier experience from 1967 uh, where two teenagers meet a small quite aggressive creature out on a countryside road and it's carrying a kind of a box-like weapon aiming that at them uh, which scares them mm -hmm. uh, this is 
something I've seen a lot of times, this little box. But I would say that the main box story in, in my book is from 69, where there's a guy named Kjell Naslund, and he works at the transmitter station, you know, one of those stations that send out radio signals and, and t television signals all over Sweden. Uh, and he's there, it's six, uh, six, uh, six o'clock in the evening, he's gonna start working, and he's just reading the newspaper, and suddenly he had this urge to go outside and look, look, you know, what, what's outside the house, basically. And he sees this huge UFO is like 150 diameters and, you know, it's, it's a gigantic UFO hanging there. And from that UFO comes a dozen boxes. He described them as boxes, but they're more like fussy, uh, cloudy boxes, but they still have this box shape and they kind of floating inside his workplace to kind of inspect everything, inspect the technology. Um, and he, he, he kind of realizes that these boxes are, you know, they have some kind of intelligence inside. So I wonder, of course, that the experience you had, if the box is um, uh, some kind of, I don't know, the word really, uh, uh, some kind of container, some kind, some kind of container of, of intelligence of some sort, uh, uh you know something that attract these beings you know i mean the, the 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 box symbol itself the box itself is so universal you as you know you find it everywhere um i'm rambling now but because i find that the the box itself to be a mystery and that's why i think maybe what the box itself is 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 not important it's it's I'm the experience box. around it hypnosis mind control box yeah you know it? something that makes you you know you get stuck at it uh you 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 fascinate by it it's like a gift you know when when santa leaves the gifts under the christmas tree it's a box and you wonder as a kid you wonder where is it or the yeah exactly a Rubik's <laughs> cube or the hellraiser cube it's yeah. a it's a riddle it's something that you might never know the it's answer creepy. of. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> and definitely it's a fascinating uh, subject of boxes. I haven't seen it mentioned uh, anywhere else. I'm sure it is somewhere, but you definitely seem to, you get to be the box expert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know about that. I just noticed that the box is present in so many, especially humanoid encounters. And I'm so curious about the experience you had there with the, the three uh, dwarf-like beings. Were they kind of just looking at it or just hanging around? They Did seemed they... more like they were looking at us and the box was just kind of there. They weren't All really right. like doing nothing to it. I know, uh, I know there's a lot of controversy about Stephen Greer, and I don't know if he's full of, full of it or not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But uh, I'm sure some of it, there's truth. Some of it, there may not be. I don't know. But I know he had those little bodies of those little aliens, which even those may have been fake. I don't know. But when I saw them, I was like, is that what's under those cloaks? They could have been. Like, maybe. I mean, maybe they were real little bodies. I don't know. But that's maybe they are like little grays under there, little skinny grays. Well, well this, this, uh, this hooded figure seems to be something that returns uh, over and over in this uh, subject. I mean, you have the more 
chubby uh, uh, dwarf-like creatures in, in, in Weekly Streamer's uh, uh, experience, which I find very interesting. And in 1984, we had a similar thing in Sweden where a guy named Ante was attacked by a bunch of these, these creatures with hoods. But he described them as quite, you know, quite large head and hairy, what he could see under the, 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 the hoods, basically. And they tried to drag him away into a flying saucer, which, to be honest, looked more like a giant submarine floating there. <laughs> uh, but it's which is kind of weirder, you know? Yeah, it is. It is yeah, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> they're going to eat him. That's yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, like... Submarines it's aren't like, supposed to float in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Not generally, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no. I, I mean, I, I was going. Someone said here they was going to eat him, but uh, he actually, uh, he actually had in the in the long run, he had a very pleasant experience from this meeting. Oh. Okay. Uh, he, he said himself that this was the highlight of his life. This was the the best thing that ever happened to him. He became happy you know, relaxed, comfortable with life. But these, these contacts just kept going over the years until he passed away, basically, maybe like 10 years ago or so. He was, you know, very happy with it. It wasn't any anxiety, you know, even if the, the first encounter was, uh, you know, basically a kidnapping, more or less. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well, yeah. uh, I want to give Jay a little air time. What do you want to ask about, Jay? We try to give everybody some equal spotlight. Any particular thing you um, want what, to ask about? There's a great chapter that I noticed um, called the, the, that you associate the owls and the UFOs. Um, and I, I'm interested in that. I, I recently saw something about that on Ancient Aliens, I think, about the owl and, and UFO connection. Um, so mm -hmm. my guess, it, it would seem that people are mistaking owls for aliens and vice versa, or is it something more profound? Well, uh, owls in general are considered, you know, kind of um, how, how to put it, you know, I'm Swedish once again. So my, 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 my English language is a bit limited, but usually, usually some they kind of, indicate wisdom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But also some kind of guardians or, 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 um, gatekeepers but not like you know like you're guarding your subject it's more like uh, uh if you meet an owl you know that something is going on something will happen they're like uh sorry i can't find a word for it well it's, well like well like david me. like date like in twin peaks the owls are not what they seem yeah yeah exactly for example it, yeah yes great one. It, yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. um that's my that's at least how i see it uh however i mean owls is not that common uh, in in high strangeness experience in sweden but there is a couple uh, actually my my partner was out a couple of years ago um no oh to be i i remember this now i remember i i mentioned this this circle of light out in the forest right before we noticed that we had two owls fl uh, flying over us out there you know uh, screeching which is uh, quite interesting detail it's kind of they're kind of an, an introduction to to the weird uh i'm i'm glad you're you're 
mentioning the owl chapter in the book because I think so far you're the only one who mentioned it when I've been on a podcast. And I, I have a, a, a little uh, a little newspaper clipping here. I saw the devil. And this man, it, in 1980, he was out driving to his summer place in Sweden. He's a, a Chicago guy. Yeah. Uh, so he's home visiting Sweden, and when he's out driving there, he has his son in the in the in the in the car sleeping, and an owl lands on the hood of the car while he's driving, you know, kind of looking at him from you know very close up uh, the rear window, and the owl and almost big birds. A, yeah you know but it, it almost have a human face and it sits there and is driving in 100 kilometers per hour i don't know what you say in, in in the united states but it's quite fast and it flies away and moments later he encounters some kind of goat man on the road floating maybe two meters uh, above the ground with horns uh, I don't know if Goatman is a thing in the United like States. It. <laughs> it's, it's called a, a Capricorn. That's me. Goatman. <laughs> well, I, I've heard about Dogman, of course, but Goatman, it's, it's, uh, it, 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 is, that, is that big? <laughs> or is it just something, you know? Yeah, I've heard a lot. We've had people on about Dogman. That's it. The dog man and uh, and we've had some goat man. I think there we had someone on that had the goat man book. I forget his name right now, but he's got a whole book on that that's really good. I'd have oh, to right. look it up. But the dog man, I mean, you got Linda Godfrey. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, she had a whole life about the werewolves, Bray, Bray, and all that. One mm -hmm. sheriff town where they started getting so many werewolf stories, he started collecting them in a box. Like, so there's something to it. It's definitely weird. <laughs> I like it. A long oh, time just, ago, oh, go ahead. A long time ago, I, I, I can't give you a reference to the story, but I remember clearly reading or listening to a story about someone in Sweden who one early morning in their summer cabin were out, you know, peeing, you know, doing the morning bathroom thing. And while he was peeing there by the side of a tree, he noticed that the strange being was looking at him and it was a half man half fox standing mm. there uh, mm. which i never heard about before uh, now to be fair i've been trying to locate this story because you know i i was stupid enough to not take notes when i heard it so i absolutely no idea where i heard it the first time but i've been very very fascinated by the idea that the, that there's a fox man running around out there here. Well, that sounds like that sounds very Japanese. Yeah, it does. Actually, I never thought about that, but the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. because they they definitely have you know fox people, fox spirits, you know that, and 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 of course fox is their trickster, you know, very much like coyote would be among certain indigenous groups here in North America. Mm -hmm. So. Um, that's that is interesting. When you were saying that, um, I was suddenly we're talking, telling that story. I was suddenly, I suddenly remembered. I, I mean, I wrote about this. You know, it's funny when you write about these things. Like I've written my book. It's like, 
I don't, I forget the stories sometimes <laughs> I put, put in my own book and then somebody says something that reminds me, oh yeah, there's that story. Uh, this, the same guy who owns the haunted gym, <laughs> the same guy when he was a teenager, he was, um, he was with a bunch of friends up um, on Overlook Mountain, which um, I mean, I, I live in the mid Hudson Valley. So I'm about nine miles from Woodstock, you know, that sort of legendary, you know, town that the festival didn't actually occur at, but, but right, but right behind the village of Woodstock, there's this mountain called Overlook Mountain because it's the backdrop of the whole place. And there, as you go up the levels of the mountain, there are different places that are like, you know, campgrounds and different, they're actually indigenous sites up there too. But anyway, he was up at one of the campgrounds and he, they, he was with a bunch of friends. This is in high school. They had been drinking a little beer, but they weren't drunk. I mean, they were underage. So, you know, they were limited in terms of what they could get here in the States. And, um, so he had to pee, same thing. He had to pee. So he went off. It was like maybe 1030 at night. He went off to pee and he was doing his business. And all of a sudden he said, this is what he said. He said, I felt like somebody was watching me. And I thought it was one of my friends wanting to spook me. You know what I mean? So I turn around and there was a full moon. So he could see this pretty clearly. Um, and about maybe 50 feet from him, um, fully illuminated by the moonlight, was this really large creature peering around a tree looking at him. <laughs> and it was, and it was, he could see it. He said, I could see its face very clearly. It, it was covered with hair. It was probably, he went back and looked at the tree where it was the next day. It had to have been about eight foot tall. Really, and, and, and it was, and he could see its face. He said he could see its face very clearly, including the glint of its eyes. And it was just watching him. Ah. And he said, there was this moment where he said, our eyes locked. And he said, I really don't know how long I stood there watching this thing. Watch me. It was, it, it would move a little bit, you know, shift its position but it's, it never took its eyes off of me. And he said, I, I didn't feel like it was going to attack me, but it was, it seemed like it was curious, but it also really scared me. And the thing that kind of broke the spell was that he heard his friends calling him because he'd been gone apparently for longer than they thought he should be. And that, and so he kind of looked away and when he looked back, it was gone. Oh, really? And he said he he'll, he said he'll never. In fact, when he tells you it, it's really when he tells you the story. If you watch him, all of the hair on his arms stands up. <laughs> Just he's ne he's never quite gotten over this out over it, you know. And this it's, was thir yeah. thirty years ago, you it's know. Interesting how when like I can tell certain my stories are the same. You get that goosebumps like with the light beings. I, I felt it with the box. It's almost like you're connected to that experience forever, and that mm -hmm. thing knows you're thinking about it. That's what it feels like. <laughs> That's how it feels. And I get goosebumps just now, right now. Yeah. Talking about it all over me. Yeah. This, uh, I mean, the, the I think that's also a good gauge of how. Of how of... Go ahead. Oh, I was just, just going to say, I think goosebumps are a good gauge of whether 
evidence or something is is real or not. Um, except for except for in M Night Shyamalan's movie um, Signs, when they have the the scene where the alien walks across the open fenceway, I get the same feeling. Like if I hear a Bigfoot noise, I know it's real because the the hairs on my neck stand up in a certain way. I'm like, yeah, that's real. When that alien walks across her, I get that same feeling. Like it creeps you out. They did it so well that it's it's you know it's fake because it's a movie, but at the same time it gives you that oh this is like you know found footage of an alien walking across some guy's fence yard. It's <laughs> well, he, some really well, good stuff he, right there. <laughs> he, well, he captured he captured the effect is what he did. He captured the effect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, it's really yeah, interesting. Exactly it's right. it's, re yeah. it's really interesting, you know. And then there's uh, and then it also reminded me of a story. Remember um, Jeffrey Bruce Hallenbach. Um, and uh, he, this, this is a guy, I, I write about it, about him too, but he also wrote his own book. He's the guy who saw the, uh, the Kinderhook creature. And, and uh, um, but he had this experience at his, this is further north, um, on, uh, right off the Hudson River as well. Um, but his, his family owns a piece of property that they've owned for, I don't know, two or three generations now. And, um, um, his grandmother was still alive and, and the, the house connected to the house is a big, large field at the other end of which is like a wooded area. And he, he came out, he, he, he came out, he, in fact, the way he tells the story he says, I don't really know why I came out of the house that morning. Something drew me out of the house, but I came out of the house and I stood, I stood at the edge of the field um, where the field came up against the yard and I looked across the field and I could see at the edge of our field on our property, there appeared to be this little short man dressed in what appeared to be kind of weird dungarees digging a hole, like digging a hole on our property at the end of the, at the end of the, you know, right at the woodland, right at the wood line where the wood started. And he, and he said, and I, wa I watched this person and I could not figure out who they were. And I didn't know if my grandmother had, had contracted somebody to do some work. So he said he went back, he went back into the house, got his grandmother out. They came out and they watched this guy for a while and they kept calling to him and he kept ignoring them. And so finally they walk a little bit into the field and are really yelling at this guy. And all of a sudden the guy stops. He's, he, he's, they could tell he's a short guy anyway. He's like maybe four or five or something. He's, he stops and he turns and he looks right at them and he has no face. <laughs> he has no face. Really? <laughs> and, 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 and Bruce said that he and his grandmother were so shocked by that, that he said, he said, it's almost like a fugue came over us and we just turned around and walked back in the house and sat down and didn't say anything to each other for a really long time. And then finally, one of them said, what was that? <laughs> you, know I mean? you know, it's like, what the hell was that? And so, and then once they kind of got over that spell, they went back out and they walked down there. The guy was gone, obviously they walked back down there and there was no evidence of any digging of any kind. Mm -hmm. what, 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 what kind of property do, do they live on? It's a, it's a house. It's like a family estate. It's a, it's a house. It's got, um, 
a barn. Uh, um, it's it's got a field in the back, and and that abuts up against a, a forested area. So it's kind of like a it was like a small farm, mm -hmm. uh, like a small homestead at one point. Well, it's it sounds a lot like uh, the the ones we have in Sweden, a, a farm gnome. You can say, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's very much like it. I remember one uh, story a woman told, where she was like home, you know, uh, at her farm, and she noticed that there was something going on at the field, and she, she saw that there were like three figures, out on the field, you know, moving stuff. So she took a binocular, and looking at them, and she saw that there were there were three very 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 short beings, you know, you know gathering hay or something like that mm -hmm. uh so uh, and, and later she saw them you know cleaning up the farm basically you know putting sticks in a in a pile beneath a ditch or something like that and she could study them for a while and they're kind of unbothered that she was looking they were they were noticing her 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 presence but they didn't really do anything of course they had faces though that's the big difference <laughs> yeah. but but, but uh, uh, it's what you're telling me is very very similar to 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 what people experience here in sweden you know we have yeah, I mean, everywhere yeah well that's sort of that's that's like one of my favorite like little people stories you know i mean we do have little people stories here actually in the hudson valley um, uh, there's a there's a number of different accounts of people who have experienced little mm -hmm. short dominion. In fact, there's a there are several names like indigenous names for the little people here, like Pukwudjij um, uh, and um, Wemetakanis is another name. Um, and so the Algonquin people here certainly knew that, or certainly assumed that there were various types of little people. Uh, various nations, I guess, is how they were referred to. So um, it's still people still see them on occasion. It's so fascinating that uh, little people <clears throat> is still around. I mean, even today in Sweden, people see them and report what they've seen. And I'm endlessly fascinated by these observations because in 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 one way or another i feel them i feel that they're even more interesting than people you know experiencing uh ghosts um, sorry uh aliens and oh stuff. i do too actually yeah, it, i, I it, think i think they are to me they're more interesting than aliens i will show you something and this is the only way i can show it uh and sure. you won't and you won't even see uh i hope i you won't even see actually how it looks uh <laughs> But this is a uh, this is a photo I received recently, and here on the side you can't really see it. It's a bit confusing. You can see a small being with a red hat and kind of ice heart. Oh, there I see it. There, yeah, yeah it's right. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. I can see it. Uh, I, I do I, it again. Do it one more time, please. Yeah, so I will. I, I, I enlarged it so it's just you yeah you see it here yeah I see yeah. It. It's yeah, like, yeah 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 it's yeah. like dave the gnome yeah exactly <laughs> this is this is a pretty new That's photo cool. yeah absolutely I'm, I'm i'm i hope i was allowed to show that photo now. yeah it's we saw oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know the, it's still happening this is a pretty new photo there was a guy who claimed he saw this being kind of looked like uh 
combination between a gray and a gnome uh, coming out from uh, what do you call it? Uh, a, a fox nest? A fox? A you know, burrow? A, a burrow? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like little yard gnome statues. Like yeah, beard. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it won't. It doesn't have a beard though. Uh, what I can see. Uh, but I, I, I love these kind of stories, and uh, I'm not a nostalgic person of any kind. But I, I do appreciate that these kind of observation often feels, except when they don't have a face, uh, feels very, <laughs> very old fashioned. You know. Uh, is there, I, yeah, is, oh, I was just going to say, is there a particular story you would like to tell that maybe you haven't told before, something for October? Oh. We just like hearing your stories in your accent in October. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. Well, <laughs> well you know, one thing. You know, well, you know, to him, we have accents, okay? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm Georgia. I'm a redneck here, supposedly, but people think I'm gothic, but I don't know what the hell I am now. <laughs> well, you're, 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 the, you're the chubby Nosferatu, is what you're That's what I say, chubby Nosferatu. There is a ton of stories about gnomes in Sweden, and I, I, I think the best one, I, the two best, you know, the most crisp, weird ones I've told so many times, uh, they're very, very similar to, uh, you know, alien encounters and UFO sightings, but with gnomes instead. But one thing I find very, very amusing is that in many cases, when people meet gnomes, the gnomes themselves seems equally surprised that the human sees, sees them as the, when the human sees, ah, you know what I mean? They kind of stops in their tracks look at the human and like what the heck and then they run away it's like they're <laughs> they're, they're surprised of being seen and to me that's kind of it makes it more convincing to me i mean they just you know they just they don't it's not like they're not caring it's just like they're they're shocked basically oh i lost track of my dimensions yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. It, it reminds me of like when you save a moth from the porch or had to save a hummingbird and you're trying to be very careful it got caught in the screen or a moth or something it's like a whole reality shake up like what yeah the hell? oh you know like a fish must feel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah absolutely absolutely it's it's uh yeah i think i mean one of my well, the ones I've told it numerous times are, 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 are weird enough. We have one where a child in the 50s were experiencing how, I mean, literally a ton of gnomes are trying to get inside the house. You know, they're scratching the basement door. They're trying to get in through the well. Uh, they're surrounding the house, basically. And when they're finally leaving, they're going inside a bright light in the corner of the garden, which you can see from the window and flies wow. away. And you have several of, of these. But my favorite is like the one I hinted about. Uh, there was a guy who was out uh, walking, uh, you know, exploring his land. He was going to a lake with his dog. And he's walking there on a trail where, you know, he's been walking there a thousand times. And suddenly he sees this short gray being 
it's completely gray, but kind of feels uh, knitted in, in, you know, in the structure of it with a pointy hat and shoulders and everything. And the being stops on the trail and it just looks at him and he looks at it and the dog looks at it. And then this being just runs into the forest and he's after it trying to, you know, maybe not catch it, but just get a glimpse of it again. But of course it disappears. Um, we have we have a lot of those uh, encounters and uh, you know my 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 dream my wish is to one day see a gnome i i rather shoot a gnome <laughs> before an alien to be honest you know one day if one day it will happen i i don't know if it's <laughs> i don't know if it's we can talk about it here but let's say a couple of years ago let's say hypothetically that i might have tried some psychedelics uh, you, can you, can, you can say it. You can okay, say okay. it. I don't know what's okay. Yeah. So don't this, worry was about a, this was the summer. I did a lot of that because that's fun and interesting, you know, and it changed the perspective. So I did it three times this summer. And each time, I'm not kidding you, I saw the same guy. The first time it was on mushrooms. I was out in a nature you know, forest, a nature forest. Yeah ever heard about that uh and i <laughs> i would hope your official would force, yeah. I, would, I, I, I would hope that it would be <laughs> yeah. I, i've had encounters too with that kind of thing and also yeah. home completely sober uh, so i've had both <laughs> yeah but I, I mean i was walking home i wasn't it wasn't a, so many grams it was maybe one gram or two gram or something like that and i was walking home happy walking over a small wooden bridge and this short man i'm not saying he was you know weirdly short but he was short and he had these bulging eyes uh and big pants he had giant pants you know going up to his chest basically and he was standing there with a fishing rod and I, he was looking at me like you know following me with his eyes uh and which of course is weird when you're on mushrooms yeah and this happened two times more after this i tried one on something else and then on, on mushrooms and he was once peeking out from behind some kind of electrical electrical equipment in the center of town and once inside a store I'm not saying I was high as a kite or anything but I you know so you saw I, the I, same I, dude you saw the I same saw dude. the same dude and <laughs> Did he have and, the same pants on? Yeah, uh, I don't remember, but I, I strongly remember the pants from the first time. This huge <laughs> we, pants call those, we call those nipple pants. Over yeah, there. yeah. Nipple <laughs> pants. <laughs> but I, I, I was, that's the reason why I bought this book, uh, Mimics. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, because I, I, I kind of had the feeling that yeah this guy is a, he's a real guy he's a real human but somehow the phenomenon whatever it is used him uh, during these three times you know somehow to connect to me you know uh, personify the 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 mushroom experience the psychedelic experience and you, he was around and it used him in a very very friendly way uh, but you know, I'm just speculating, of course, because I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about when it comes well, to this kind of thing. When it comes to psychedelics and plants, we've had a lot of shamanism on from Norse to, to American Indian and 
mean, that uh, stuff is a telephone. That's yeah. why it's here to me. Hey, hey, it's a telephone. Yeah, Terrence yeah, yeah. McKenna, baby. That's right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Anyway, I hope to see him again. Next time I might even talk with him, you know, but, you know, three times on something, I'm, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit scary. You don't want to communicate with, with people, really. And if yeah. he's a person, I, maybe I should stay away from it. Be a spirit guide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you approach that? It's, excuse me, sir. What's your name? I, I only see you when I'm tripping my face off. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll see. I haven't seen. Well, well, it, well, it could be one of your like, like your guardian guardian spirit or guardian angel or guardian jinn, and their yeah. response would be why are you seeing me like this <laughs> why is this the way you're visualizing me <laughs> what are the components of your mind coming together that make me manifest looking like yeah this? <laughs> yeah absolutely. oh yeah I, I i love that it's this kind of guy it's a short guy with with bulging eyes and giant pants you know it's not <laughs> this angel or or whatever it's 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 something so humorous you know it's a it's a almost absurd and uh, but that kind of fits me i guess I <laughs> what color were the pants yeah. Yeah. yeah what color were the pants oh that's a good question i don't think i i think they were quite they were quite dark what i remember but you know in my mind maybe it's creating things here now i yeah no, I, I, I know yeah I, I just wondered if they were sort of like clown pants no, it, they didn't have any pattern or anything like okay. that. They just remember them to going up to his chest, basically. So, okay. which, which kind of my my my, that's how I see myself. High waders. Yeah, he was out yeah. fishing. <laughs> I know when we were talking about the little people, there's experience, and I may have told this one before, I may not have, but I went. There was this house in Georgia called Bermuda Street, and for some reason. I was having a lot of activity there from UFOs that neighbors saw in the sky to some strange beings under a light post who one looked like it had a dragon head, or one looked like a, a blonde lady, and the other one looked like a floating, like, swami dude. And uh, that was really weird. I woke my brother up, and did you see that? And he said, yeah, I see it, but I don't know if he just told me that because, <laughs> you know, I woke him up. But, but anyway, later that time, I went out to the back and saw a lot of dancing silver lights in the trees that were weird. And I was under the influence, I'm sure, maybe psychedelics, probably. And I saw a little man up here that was gray, but it almost, it looked like a Buddha statue you'd see in a Chinese restaurant, like a big one but gray and fast and kind of ethereal and it appeared and kind of just went away. And I don't know what it was. I mean, I know my dad was a very persistent pain in the arse who would always probably, he was probably still to this day around. So I wonder if maybe it was me seeing him in spirit form or something. Cause he was a overweight man. And, uh, but I remember also at that house, I was inside and these flashing white lights came to the window and it was like they were in the window blinking and it was not a person. It was almost like it was little beans with maybe some kind of headgear. And there was just a lot of stuff there. But 
God. When you think about it and remember it, it's like you go to it and you're there again. And I've, you know, have PTSD from some of this stuff. And a lot of it really is just your own fear. I know I've interviewed Travis Walton with uh, Thomas Reed before and asked him about fear in these experiences. Uh, and he said that if you take away the fear, it'd be a walk in the park. But that's the big thing with it, I guess, is just the fear of it and letting mm-hmm. go of it. Because it can get, I mean, I know I have PTSD from some of it because I've seen UFOs over me with witnesses many different times. And I don't know if I've ever been taken. I don't think I have, but maybe I, it's a possibility. I don't rule it out either. But uh, one of the biggest weird experiences I had was in uh, here in Florida. There's been so many. A big orange rusty ball, like really big, just floated over the street. No chains attached to it. No crane. No helicopter. It was just like a big rusty ball just floated across. I think I was walking a Siberian Husky. But that's one of those situations you're like, did they take me and I don't remember a damn thing? Like, because, I mean, it's crazy. People want me to get hypnotized. I don't. But go ahead, Fred. How, how do I see a UFO? I mean, I, I mean, I've been working in this subject for many years now, and I've been doing a lot of research and talking with a lot of people, but I've never really experienced a true UFO, you know, incident. Is there a way for me to actually experience, except, you know, looking up at the sky constantly? Uh, do you have any advice? Well, uh, one way is to... Yeah, maybe the best thing to do is... Just- Go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, Jay. Well, I would say first, before you do that, check your local UFO communities and and see if they can give you some maps of where the concentrations of sightings are, and then go camp there. It's like if it's over city, get a hotel room, stay a weekend. If it's like a rural area, get some camping gear and go to those places where the sightings are the most, and then Mm -hmm. just look up. We have a couple of window areas in Sweden, actually, you know, hot spots like that. But they're quite, uh, you know, it's stuff yeah, that happened in the 70s or 80s, basically. It's quite cold now, nowadays. Uh, um, you know, but I, I, I really want to experience something like this. I really want to, I, I need to understand what people are seeing, basically. Mm. Maybe yeah. it's stupid of me, but I really need to see it. You know, <laughs> one thing I would recommend, and I don't want to get into this too deeply because I've already got into it a little bit, is look up that UFO of God book by Chris Bledsoe, and that's the guy they brought on Beyond Skinwalker Ranch with Colonel John Alexander and all the government spooks, and he can summon UFOs. And they're basically saying with that book and stuff that you'll have these experiences too. There is some truth to the phenomenon that's happening with that, but. Definitely go in with discernment because there's a lot of government spooks involved in those shows, Skinwalker Secret, Skinwalker Ranch, and Beyond Skinwalker Ranch, and that book like has blurbs from CIA and Colonel John Alexander. But I do believe Chris Bledsoe, I was talking to Stephanie Quick about him, and she believes in me too that he's actually genuine, that he just got kind of too caught up with all the government spooks, Mm -hmm. so to speak. But that UFO of God, Chris Bledsoe, under it people are saying they're having experiences from it 
but definitely go in with the sermon. I know you will, but go in with the sermon because <laughs> I don't. I'm still trying to read it, but I've had similar experiences like that he's having. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a weird book, but supposedly it's supposed to bring on experiences. I'm also worried about you'll get out there and have the experiences, and the government will be like, "Oh, look at him! He's got superpowers! Grit him! Grab him!" <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I don't want that, you know. So yeah, yeah. Or do you do you have any connection? I mean, I do you have any connection with um, people in Sweden who <clears throat> practice any kind of pre-Christian traditional indigenous? Even, even kind of a, and it, it can be Swedish. It can be, I know. I mean, I know that you guys. I know that the, the Sami are there in in Sweden. Um, the reason I say this is because these kinds of experiences. I mean, we've touched on this a little bit in talking, but so a lot of these experiences are very connected to in my experience are very connected to a certain kind of relationship with nature and a certain kind of relationship with spirituality. And it's not necessarily religion as such, um, but, and certainly a connection with um, being able to control certain types of altered states hmm. and being comfortable with that. Because, uh, because I know Jeffrey has talked about that a little bit too. I think that that's why Jeffrey is interested in shamanism. I mean, that's sort of the general catch-all term for what a lot of, of, for the type of approach we're talking about. But, you know, I have, I, I was first exposed to this way of, of, of thinking about the world and about nature and about my ancestors, for example. I have ancestors that are that are Danish and um, Danish and Finnish and uh, German and um, oh, what's it? Um, so not not Serbian, but Sorbian. And I was first connected to all of this through a woman many years ago who who. Uh, whose family was interestingly enough a Swedish and Finnish, which uh, which uh, Swedish and Sami, which I know which is not not necessarily always been looked kindly upon in Sweden, but her family maintained um, a lot of traditional practices sort of secretly, and she taught me some of that stuff, and a lot of these experiences come i i really believe come out of that kind of a connection and and I, to me i'm one of the examples of that is i'm if you're familiar with jacques valet's book you'll probably be familiar with that i can't remember now witnesses to another world the mm -hmm. the documentary that he did a, that he participated a lot in with that um that i think what, what argentinian is that what uh, um, a contactee um who had had that incredibly traumatic experience when he was young and was really only able to sort of sort it out and heal from that experience when he reconnected with, with certain ancestral 
um, spiritual practices. There's something about that, that uh, those practices that, that open, opens a person up in a different way. And I think in a more grounded way to, uh, to the, for, the, the levels of consciousness that are necessary in order to sort of bridge the what the the kinds of that bridge the kind of realities that separate us from all of from those things you know there are some people who are gifted in being able to do that like dorothy Izot. um but but most of us actually need to be taught because we've i don't see a lot jeffrey sees a lot more than i do um i i sense things in other ways um, if you notice, I haven't talked about my own experiences, really. I've talked about other people's experiences. I have had some experiences, but I don't have a lot of visual experiences because I've been raised in a very Western way of seeing the world. And so uh, if, if I do see things, which I, the things that I have seen, they scare the crap out of me. And mm -hmm. I kind of close down around it. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, the way I would look at it is that if you're interested in this stuff, but you haven't seen anything yet, that's probably because a part of you is protecting you from it. You know, it's not that. Um, so I would say, see if, if there's anybody that you know that is connected to any of these populations that are still kind of doing this. Um, see, go and talk to them. And, and, and ask them about their experiences. And they may be able to help you, um, you know, and, and because I didn't start having some really profound experiences until I moved here, other than what I'd been taught by this teacher from Sweden. Um, I didn't really have start having some profound experiences until I moved here to the Hudson Valley and connected with indigenous people here. And, you know, have gone to sweats and have gone to, you know, have, have, and I don't lead ceremony at all. I let, I let them lead, but it's, it's, there's something about that, that it's, it's a different way of seeing the world that we have mm -hmm. to learn. You know what I mean? I mean, Jeffrey has a gift. I don't have that gift, <laughs> the gift of sight. I don't have that. So I have to be taught those things. I have to learn to accept that those things are part of reality because those are parts of reality. I, I haven't, you know, I was, I was brought up to believe that that stuff was demonic because that's the, that's the, the kind of um, background I had, religious background I had. Well, you know, my background uh, when it comes like that is that, um, I mean, I was raised very conservative in a very, very Christian environment, very mm -hmm. conservative Christian environment, um, where everything outside, you know, outside this bubble were considered dangerously. Exactly, and, exactly. Yeah. And the thing Sa is- Satan is trying to get your soul. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. And the, the thing is that since I was a child, the, the things that I do love is everything outside this bubble. I mean, I, I, I you know, that's how it is, you know. Right. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of afraid that I still, even if I kept the distance or uh, have, uh, I mean, I, I'm still somehow subconsciously having a, a slight distance to this kind of things. 
mm-hmm. because uh, I was. I'm not. I don't want to use the word brainwashed, but you know, there was something in it. You, know, you, so you no, you were indoctrinated, and you yeah. were. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's like in your book, in your chapter, "Aliens Attack," which I yeah. think is a really interesting title for what the chapter's actually about. <laughs> <laughs> because what, because what, what the chapter's actually about is some of the the interesting kind of spiritual components. Yeah of a lot of this, including Swedenborg, who like, I've yeah. read like everything Swedenborg wrote like years ago, uh, not in English, in translation, obviously. Um, but um, the, the, this, I mean, I what I like about this chapter is that you just sort of effortlessly weave, you know, these different religious or spiritual connections that people make with, with you know, Jacques Vallée and John Keel and Swedenborg and and weird and and weird shit and 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 channeling and you know, but, but that but that's exactly how it all sort of gloms together. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean that's that's it's it's that's exactly how it all goes together. It is like a David Lynch film, you know, yeah. and it's 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 terror and beauty in equal measure. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, don't, don't, that's part of the reason why I say if, if, since you had that kind of upbringing, like I had that kind of upbringing, but it's, it's a matter of, of learning a different way of approaching, you know, D deprogramming that part of your brain, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so that's what I would do is pra- practice on that and deprogramming the part of your brain, you know, because people that are in you know, like the indigenous folks who have taught me here, seeing these kinds of seeing these kinds of things, whether they're lights in the sky, spirit lights, or or as they're referred to here, spirit ships, um, or the different types of beings that live in the woods, any of that, those are all of those beings are just accepted. Even people from other planets, all those things are just accepted as part of the terrain of life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Westerners who think of them as aliens. Yeah. yeah you know, in that really negative sense. Um, so, you know, to, for for the Muncie here, that those are star people, and they're and they're some of our ancestors. Our souls, our souls came from several different places. Souls came from several different places, from your ancestors, from the ground, from the stars, and each one of us is like an amalgam of these different of these different um, spiritual things coming together. You know, I mean, this sounds really complicated, but this is like really this is like basic metaphysics one hundred and one for a Muncie mm-hmm. person. It, it, it's so, interesting that I mean, I mean, I live in a country where we have you know we have grave mounds and rune stones right and, yeah you talk and, about those in that chapter too right. yeah I, they're everywhere we have like we have a grave mound like 30 meters from the house i mean they're absolutely everywhere uh and it's said though i don't have any you know empirical evidence for this or something that a lot of the sightings of ufos and other phenomenon is centered around these places um, I mean, we have huge areas of, of uh, you know, Bronze Age or, or Iron Age or Stone Age, uh, you know, grave fields and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, for example, out in Valentuna, which had this huge UFO flap in 1974, everywhere. You, people saw 
this bright light and crafts everywhere basically and even one guy claimed at least that he was abducted somehow um, so i've been i've been fascinated by these kind of areas uh, and i'm fascinated that i'm living you know in the middle of an area like that uh, mm -hmm. The, the sad thing is, of course, that we have the Sweden's biggest airport five kilometers away. So the, the only thing we see basically flying around there is, is airplanes and, you know. Right. Yeah. And, and, and noise. <laughs> and noise. And noise. Yeah. yeah right. Right. Uh, um, so but the, there is something with with this ancient locations in ancient places. I don't want to. I don't know how to call them, you know, you know, like power spots basically or you know pl places of it's, of, like, uh, it's like skinwalker ranch and all the, the other there's a lot of other ranches that are having similar stuff there's something about that i've even heard there's some here in florida that, that people are know about but the businesses don't want like the gym don't want to tell people which i don't blame me but uh there's something to that bradshaw ranch i got that book there's a good book merging dimensions and sedona bradshaw ranch that i think bigelow may have bought that one i know there's another one that he bought and sold too and bought sold and raped but <laughs> whatever he does to them but uh but anyway uh jay is there something uh one of the what do you you ask something from the book or whatever um well i actually was uh going to ask more about um the the ghost things um because you, you, you spoke about seeing one in the daytime which is very rare um i know there's something to it i, I don't know if i've ever seen it uh, when i was real young I, I had this bed that was a dark wood headpiece and part of the grain of the wood turned into like the silhouette of a witch and it walked all the way across from one side of the headboard to the other and when it got in the middle where my face was it kind of went and it was a 2D figure, like a paper thing. And it kind of went, you know, like winked at me and kept on going. And I'm like, it's like four in the morning. I don't know what time it was. Uh, but I swear I saw this and it just, and I saw it twice. And it just scared the bejesus out of me. My problem is, is though, although I think there's a lot of reality to the ghost stories, we don't have any tangible way of collecting evidence, except for a few photographs, a few blurry, usually photographs. And, and eyewitness testimony with the, with the UFOs and aliens, we've got all kinds of trace out, uh, evidence, you know, and pictures that can't, you know, good solid, you know, in focus pictures. So, what what do you think is a good way for someone to get the evidence so that people aren't going, oh, ghosts, it's just a fairy tale, it's it's real? What, how do we how are we going to collect the evidence in the future or now even? That that Jay is a very very difficult question. I have. <laughs> For for me, uh, the experience itself is the most important thing. To be honest, I mean, um, uh, what, yeah. what does the experience give you? What 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 does it bring you? That for me is the most important thing. Uh, um, I, I'm I'm not sure how to collect evidence, collect you know uh, data on ghosts and spirits and such. I, I do not know. I, I this is naive, of course, but I still feel that that we, the the, the human, the, the the person itself, is the most important data collector there. Even if I know that, you know, the the memory mm -hmm. is very fragile, 
you know, and you tend to see things the way you want to see it, or it's projected by your own, you know, through your own experiences and, and, and you know, what you bring with you to the such situation. But I still think when, when it, you know, at, in the end, I still feels that's the most important part. What do you feel? Uh, what do you sense? Uh, which I know is very unscientific. I'm very aware of that, but I also, I'm, I'm, I'm a person who enjoys people who enjoys listening to, to people telling their stories. And even if a story after a while turns into an anecdote and maybe starts to change over the years, I still that's part of the journey of that story and that experience. Um, I, I mean, there's stories I've told now on numerous times on podcasts where I kind of feel, I notice that how it's changing somehow. It's becoming more elaborate or some details are disappearing and some details are added. And at the moment, I'm not even sure if that is what I was experiencing at the time or is, is the, is the way I'm, I'm describing it now, is that more like I was experiencing it? The thing is that I, I, I know this is, I, but I'm not a scientist. I'm not, I'm not collecting data in that way. Uh, uh, I just feel that yeah. this whole journey of experience and storytelling still is the, is, is, is the most powerful thing in in mm -hmm. this whole subject uh yeah that wasn't an answer i'm aware of that but i'm <laughs> that's what came came out yeah. now I, I have to agree with you on that I, yeah i definitely have to agree with you on that but you know in the scientific community that you know you and me seeing a ghost the the, the scientific community is going to accept it as, as as fact or evidence but uh i agree with you that you know being the experiencer, it, uh, the memory and the, the data collected is probably a little bit more profound than if you just collect a photograph and then take it and go, hey, here we go, boom, case solved. Uh, but I do think, and I'm, I'm, maybe this is also naive, but I do think and I'm hopeful that in the future we'll have technology that we can collect enough data to say that there's a ghost in this room and this is the form of the ghost. This is who the ghost was in real life. I, I don't think we're close to that kind of technology, but I think it will be available uh, at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot well, of times you get you get so caught up into the encounter. It's like when I was having a lot of my encounters at first, I didn't even think about technology to try to grab it. But that was like in the early nineties. It did. There were other people who saw it with me, but it's like you're so caught up in it, and it happens so fast. It's like you're almost kind of kind of mess up the experience too. But nowadays it's gotten a lot better. If you watch that paranormal caught on camera, which a lot of that stuff is crazy on there. I saw one episode recently where something was yeah. down in a basement and it came out with a, a weird hand and and I mean it looked real, but I don't know what's real in there or not. I think some of it is, but I doubt all of it is. But they're definitely getting a lot of different different yeah, things. Yeah, they got some but, fake ones on there. Yeah, I'm sure, but there's definitely there's some good ones on there. But yeah, some of them I'm like, oh, is that real? Like that's a <laughs> lot of it. But uh, 
the thing some, is with these, some, yeah, some yeah. of them will creep you out. Though. I mean, geez. Yeah, there's some good ones in there for sure. Uh, I mean, in in this day and age, in, in, uh, with the internet and the, all these uh, productions and the shows and YouTube, I mean, it feels kind of like video evidence or whatever is kind of not. It's not. It's not. You can't really put any value in it anymore because it's so much of it. I mean, you can basically prove anything by you know searching on YouTube. Um, I, I I still feel that the the yeah. to meet and talk with someone who have experienced something is still at at the moment it's still the most important most powerful thing to hearing you Jay uh, uh, about an experience you had or or Wham or Jeffrey that means a way lot to me than hearing you know some you know some data collected by some fighter pilot you know in some leaked <laughs> pentagon video you know it's 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 like whatever i mean this what i'm seeing and hearing now is more powerful uh in in my eyes and ears at least you even slapped up something that was completely real how many people are going to still say it's fake <laughs> yeah yeah I'm sure there's stuff that's real and everyone probably thought it was fake and then it just got cracked <laughs> on and forgotten. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, a number of years ago, I, I was working on a TV show where we visited haunted homes and this guy, there were a couple, uh, uh, they sent a video and he was filming a, a lamp, you know, a lamp in the in the roof, you know, you know what do you say yeah moving and you could hear on the video that he was scared and he was kind of panning the 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 mobile phone the video to the kitchen and just when you do that you can see how the one of the the cabinet door in the kitchen just you know you know flies out basically you know very very hard and you can hear the fear in his voice and I was looking at this when it came to, to, to our attention and I was thinking, you know, this is too good. This is too good for being evidence. This is too ambitious. This must be a hoax. But I really wanted to meet him anyway, because it's, you know, I, I, I was like, I was thinking, I will notice when I meet him that he's lying or he's, you know, he's just making fun of us or something like that. So I spent three days with this guy in his apartment, in his family's apartment. They even saw a gnome in the, in the, in the hallway. And after that, I was like, well, he's not lying, obviously. They didn't make these things up. And, but I still had this thing that, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do a show about it. And he will probably, you know, go to the newspapers afterwards and say that it's all a hoax. But he never did that. Did that. And that, for me, is the most compelling evidence I've ever seen on something paranormal in someone's home. And, and I, was, I mean, I was skeptical at the beginning, but after just sitting with him, after spending three days with this guy and his wife, I, I started to feel that, okay, he's, he's not lying. He's, he can't be lying. Call me naive. 
I don't know, but it, it felt so honest in his fear and, you know, and I still haven't heard anything that he, you know, have, would have come out and said that it was a hoax or anything like that. I wish I still had this video, actually, and I wonder if I still have it somewhere. <laughs> I need to check for it. Definitely. I mean, a lot of this stuff, you're not going to get rich on it anyway. I mean, I, only the weirdest thing, I don't want to get into this kooky Stan Romanek. That's the biggest fraud I've ever seen with this kind <laughs> yes. of stuff is the Stan Romanek. And at first I interviewed him and when I first started and stuff, and man, I, I don't even want to get into it from the pedo <laughs> stuff to all the crazy stuff. But one thing I wanted to mention, I interviewed uh, the great Alan Greenfield many moons ago. I noticed he's in your book a lot. I, I, when I first started out, he was someone I interviewed. Uh, it's a very uh, popular UFO book. What's that? UFO? I, I just looked at it in your book, but is, was he a big influence on a lot of your work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 I love Alan. And um, especially... Well, for example, Secret Cipher of the Euphonauts is, is one of those books where, that whenever I read it, my dreams get chaotic. You know, it's like, you know, I, it's, 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 I, I wouldn't say it's, it's about nightmares, but something is really going on in my mind and my consciousness after reading that book. And so with, uh, um, oh, what's the name of it? Saucer and Sorcerers. Uh, mm -hmm. which I think is a pretty great book uh, in, uh, when it comes to, I mean, old school ufology. And, and with Alan, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a guy I appreciate a lot. I find him very, very funny. Uh, there's a poem uh, at the beginning of the book, uh, book which he wrote, and he actually wrote that as a, a response to a tweet I had on Twitter just an ordinary tweet and suddenly he had posted this and I, I asked him did you where, where is this from because it sounded like something more you know older something that it, it, you know it, it didn't feel like a response to a tweet but he said there and then and I guess he's telling the truth that he just answered my tweet with this poem and I asked him okay can I use it as the start of my book because it would fit perfectly to what I've written, and he, he agreed to that, which was very, very kind of him. Uh, I think we have very, very similar view on the, on the phenomenon and or the ideas around it. And I also kind of like uh, a, a guy or this kind of guy who, oh, let me back a little bit here. I like the trickster personalities of some of these old ufo guys out there mm -hmm. on the field i truly do you know i i love gray barker or or, or timothy beckley you know you sometimes you're not sure what's going on sometimes you're not sure what's real or not or not but that's what i absolutely i love it it's it's kind of it's a way of creating mythology and i i don't see anything wrong with that to be honest <laughs> No, yeah, that's why, that's part of the reason why I really like um, John Keel a lot, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, the, he's, he's, he's irascible, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he, you know, he, he, he could spin a good yarn, but he also did the research. He also went out there and, you know, checked it out. And, 
And, and uh, you know, even though he criticized Gray Barker a little bit, he also saw the value in what Gray Barker was doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we have a quite controversial guy here in Sweden. He died a number of years ago. And uh, I won't go into so much details about him, but he's mentioned in the book uh, maybe two times or something. But he's a guy who... Part of him was extremely unsympathetic. I, I would say he was a quite disturbing guy. But the, the good part of him was that he, yeah, he was good at spinning stories. Uh, mm -hmm. And I notice how many of these stories still are around today in, in, in modern high strangeness uh, <clears throat> history or, or ufology. You can kind of sense that, okay, this, this guy, he had a talent for telling stories uh, when it happened, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, and they're still around. Uh, I got criticized by a good friend of mine who, who read the book. He gave it a quite okay review, actually, but he really reacted to me referring to this guy in the book. And maybe he's right about that, but I'm also making it quite clearly at the beginning that I, I, I do enjoy stories. I well, think are you familiar with uh, the book um, Angels and Aliens by Keith Thompson? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I own it, and I've, I haven't read the, the whole of it, but I've, I've yeah, I, I have. Because yeah. he, t he talks about, he talks about the different characters, you know, mm -hmm. the different types of people that, and, and, and one of those types of people is the storyteller is the person oh. who sort of carries the myth, carries the myth of this, of these things, you know, I mean, there's, there's the believer and then there's the scientist and then there's like the skeptic, you know what I mean? But he, mm. he's talking about how all of these things are kind of, and, 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 and it's not just in the UFO frame. It's all, it's, it's, you see this in religion, you see this in politics it's kind of like these are the roles that people play mm -hmm. with with any kind of of with any kind of um, set of stories that are considered consequential. You know what I mean? And and yeah. and so the and so for that reason, he regards these UFO narratives as being really important because they're important enough that there are people that are taking these roles you know, mm -hmm. in the narrative. And, and so to him, that, that right there makes it, and, you know, whatever the objective reality about all that is, um, that's, that's what signals that it's an important cultural and social thing. Oh, that's very interesting. Okay. I will have to get back to that book, you know? Uh, yeah. 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 Because yeah, that's, I, I, I'd say that's very important. The story teller part, of it all it's it's uh, it's kind of i mean yeah i can understand in in this field in ufology especially that storytellers in in that way can be considered to be hoaxers or you can't trust them always but these stories also is pushing mythologies forward and backward and in other directions and and kind of brings new light to certain subjects within the field it kind of uh, it's kind of I, 
in in many ways I feel them I, I feel very inspired you know when I read about Gray Barker uh, or read read Gray Barker stuff or or the Swedish guy I mentioned even if there's some controversies around them it's it's something it's something I can't find the words now. Sorry, um, it's it's getting late here, and my brain is working more and more slowly. Okay. I know we got we, we got four minutes left. Uh, <gasps> well, one thing I want to say is, Fred, it's been amazing to kick off the October Fest with you. That's a great oh. guest. We appreciate it so much. And uh, one thing I want to ask, I know we don't got too long. We got like three minutes. I want to get a link if you got it, but what are you doing over there for Halloween? What's going on? <laughs> you know, I'm so boring. You know, we live in Sweden. It's it's only the teenagers and young ones who celebrate Halloween here. Uh, instead, we have uh, uh, All Saints Day, which is mm -hmm. uh, I think it's the last of November. I don't remember now, uh, where we just go out and put candles on, on graves or just we just walk around in cemeteries late at night uh, and enjoying the candles, basically. Uh, so that's probably what I'm uh, going to do. I'm also going to be at a UFO field course uh, uh, at the end of October. So I guess that kind of, you know, goes into that a little bit. So, but no no classic halloween celebration because we i mean in my generation we 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 don't have it here in sweden which is quite sad actually because i love it trick-or-treaters are gone here now they have like junk in the trunk or something <laughs> get some crap out of the back of a thing but one thing i want to say is northern lights high strangeness in sweden fred anderson uh, that's a n d e r s s o n and uh, Beyond the Fray Publishing, they got a lot of interesting titles. Uh, Shannon LeGros, she's really cool. Talk to her. And uh, Beyond the Fray, so uh, a publisher on the up and up, check them out. And do you got a link or something you want to uh, give out, Fred, or anything? Well, the, the, the book you, you can find everywhere where you buy books. Uh, but I, 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 I love to follow cool, interesting people on social media. Even if I have a short break at the moment, but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Blue Sky as Homo Satanis, where I often post about high strangeness and books and horror movies. Uh, so please join me there. You know, that's that's the best way to connect with me. And I will connect with you, of course. What, what platform was that again? Blue Sky? And I need to get on Blue Sky. Uh, Twitter, because, you know, Twitter is what it is. Twitter, Blue Sky, and uh, Instagram, you know, that's, uh, and the Homo yeah. Satanis, uh, that's where you will find me. Now that Elon Musk has it, it's Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but we appreciate it so much it's been great thank you so much keep us in the loop on future projects and uh thanks man it's been great thank and, you it's been a everybody. pleasure thanks, Fred. Been thank great. you Fred. united public radio 107.7 fm new orleans and me and jay next week with mark Dizewek, uh edgar Allan poe tribute show edgar Allan poe that's right the po man. The po man. We're gonna talk the about his life po -po. and his death <laughs> and his, and his po -po. mystery for sure. 
So thanks, everybody, for listening. It's been a great show, and have a great Halloween. Go to sleep, Fred. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. Good night. 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 Good night.